This is a Courageous Church podcast, equipping and empowering you to live a courageous life. Join us now as we listen to a message from Courageous Church in Salt Lake City, Utah. I want to jump into this series that we've been in called Outlandish. This has been, I think, a really challenging series for me because when I began to pray into what I felt like the Lord was asking of us in this season, I knew that there were going to be some areas that were uncomfortable, uh, some areas where God wants to challenge and or stretch us beyond uh, where our comfort zones are, beyond where our limitations are. And being outlandish was really born out of this desire to help you guys all see that you were made for more. I think most of you know that intellectually. I would believe, because I know a lot of your stories, and I know where a lot of you are in your relationship with the Lord, but I think a lot of you would would say, I believe that intellectually, but I don't know if I'm living that out in my day-to-day. Meaning, I don't know if every day I wake up with the expectation that God wants me to cleanse lepers, cast out demons, and raise the dead. And that's really the text we've been looking at, Matthew chapter 10, really frames for us the central vision of what it means to be outlandish, what it means to go beyond what is ordinary or reasonable. And it's Jesus coming to his disciples then, and I believe it's Jesus coming to us now, because how many of you guys know the Bible is not just a story about them, it's ultimately a story about us. It's an invitation to us to do the stuff, to do exactly what Jesus calls his followers to do. And here we see it in Matthew chapter 10, verses seven through eight. It says this, and proclaim as you go saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. You receive without paying, therefore give without pay. Last week, we focused on that last part of the verse. We talked about tithing and offerings. We talked about giving and honoring the Lord with your giving and How many of you guys know that that's one of the the main areas that God actually challenges us and tests us in our faith and the way that we manage our money? Because money is not essentially uh, a master that we're called to serve, but rather a, a servant that we're called to master. God has created you to steward wealth and to steward resources in such a way that looks like kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Therefore, do these things. Everything that you see on this list falls under the umbrella of kingdom. And so for many of us, we haven't been walking in the reality of Matthew 10 verses 7 through 8 because it's scary or because it's unfamiliar or because perhaps maybe we read it and we go, well, that's nice for them, but I've got my own problems. (laughs) I've got 99 problems and healing the sick ain't one. Casting out demons ain't one. Well, tonight I want to press us just a little further in this as we talk about this particular verse. We see this also in Jesus' encounter with people that were demonized. The text that I want to look at tonight, in addition to Matthew 10, is Matthew chapter 17, verses 14 through 20. And here's here's what it says. And when they came to the crowd... A man came up to him and kneeling before him, meaning Jesus, he said, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he has seizures and he suffers terribly, for often he falls into the fire and often into the water. 
and I brought him to your disciples and they could not heal him. Pause with me for a moment. I believe the world wants to bring us their broken and their lost and their hurting and their demonized, but oftentimes we don't know what to do. Here in this context, the disciples were sent out to do the stuff, to do what Jesus asked them to do, and they couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. And we have churches full of people all over the United States and beyond that can't do the stuff, that can't do what Jesus has asked us to do. And I don't know about you, but I often wonder why. God, why is that? And maybe you're here tonight and, and that's been on your heart. Or maybe you're at a place where you've gone so far with God, but you feel like God wants to take you further and you don't know how to get there. It's like you wake up and you're having the same day over and over, dealing with the same problems, dealing with the same issues over and over. And you're like, why am I stuck in this rut? Like, what do I got to do to shake free from the monotony of my life? I don't know if anybody ever feels that way. You guys remember that movie Groundhog Day with Bill Murray, where he wakes up every day and it's the same day. It's seven o'clock. The alarm sounds. The same song plays on the radio. He lives out his day, he goes to sleep, he wakes up, it's the same day, and he's stuck in this loop of doing life the same way. And it's not until he learns how to break the cycle or discover what the lesson is that he's able to move on to the next day. It's a powerful film, actually. A lot of powerful, I think, life lessons for us in that. But in the same way, I think a lot of us as disciples of Jesus, as followers of Christ, get stuck in this loop where we're like, okay, we have our spiritual life, we have our fitness life, we have our family life, we have our friend life, and things are kind of in nice little boxes and, and everything's good and fine and dandy, but we're not living with this reality. We're not seeing lepers cleansed and the sick healed and the dead raised and the demonic delivered. And so tonight I want to, I want to, press us into the tension as to why that is and to encourage us to see that God actually wants to do this stuff in and through your life and that there's actually a real way that you can do that. It goes on to say this, and Jesus answered, oh, faithless and twisted generation, how long do I have to be with you? How long do I have to bear with you? How many of you guys know when, when the son of God is feeling frustrated, that's not a good sign. <laughs> and he says, how long am I to bear with you? Therefore, bring the child to me. Bring him here. Verse 18, and Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him. And the boy was healed instantly. Instantly. In other words, Jesus didn't have the same problem that the disciples had. And we look at that and we go, well, it's Jesus, right? <laughs> He's the son of God. He's fully God, fully man. Of course he didn't. But I think if we have that kind of mindset, we're going to miss the lesson that God wants to teach us and the emphasis that he wants to place upon you and upon me getting breakthrough and victory in this area. And of course, it's addressing the demonic, but this could be any area of impossibility in your life, any situation in your life that you're looking at going, I don't know what to do here. I don't know how to break the cycle or how to get out of this loop or how to move forward. 
And you'll see it right here in the next verse. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately because they were probably embarrassed and ashamed and and said, why could we not cast it out? Why couldn't we do this? And he says to them, because of your little faith. For truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move, get out the way, move from here to there and it will move and nothing and nothing will be impossible for you. Do we believe this? Do we believe that nothing is impossible for those that believe? I think intellectually somewhere in the back of our mind we do, but I don't know if we're living with that conviction in our heart. It's interesting to me that the context in which Jesus is talking about moving mountains and impossible situations and having faith is all centered in the demonic. It's all centered in casting out demons. You see, for the disciples, they met an immovable mountain that they thought couldn't be moved. They thought going into the situation that this boy obviously couldn't have been set free. They, they thought it was difficult. They thought it was too hard. Otherwise, it would have happened. Otherwise, they would have done it. How do I know this? Well, if you read between Matthew 10 and Matthew 17, seven chapters, there's plenty of instances where they're casting out demons and they're healing the sick and they're cleansing the lepers and they're doing the stuff. Matthew 10 is seven chapters before. So clearly, They've, they've tasted some of this reality. What is it about this particular situation that Jesus calls them out on the rug for? He says this, because of your little faith, because of your little faith, the word little faith is actually translated into one single word in the Greek, and it's oligopistos, which is fun to say. Here's what oligopistos means. It's translated little faith, but it means lack of trust. Now, here's, I don't want you to miss this, guys, because it's so easy to miss, especially if you just read verses out of context. Jesus is saying that they couldn't cast out the demon because they lacked trust. In other words, they failed to believe, which tells me this, that in our life, could it be that we might have days where we're on top of that mountain and we've got all the faith in the world and we're casting out the demons and we're seeing the dead raised and we're doing the stuff. And then two days later, Jesus is like, where's your faith? Where's your trust? Well, Jesus, I I mean, I know I saw you do it in the past, but I'm just not sure if you can do it today. Or maybe I'm not sure that this situation is going to change because, right? So the disciples clearly live with this expectation that Jesus could do this stuff. Jesus lived with the expectation that they could do this stuff. They go out and they start doing the stuff. But somewhere between Matthew 10 and Matthew 17, they hit a wall. They hit a moment where they begin to lose faith, where they begin to lack trust Why it's important for us to see this as a story about us and not just them is because, guys, this is the reason why we're not seeing this stuff. There are many within the church that once saw the move and the power of God, 
that are now have taken a back seat because they're, they're not sure if he can do it anymore. They're not sure if he wants to do it anymore. They're not sure if he's going to do it anymore. And as a result, they begin to fall into this, this cycle of lacking trust, of failure to believe. What am I saying? What I'm saying is this, is that maybe two years ago, you were on fire for God. <laughs> maybe two weeks ago, you were on fire for God. And now you feel just ice cold. Maybe you feel like you haven't seen a miracle in a long time. Maybe you feel like uh, you haven't seen the, the demonstration of God's power in your life in a long time. Here's what I want us to capture tonight. Jesus steps into this moment and, and delivers the boy only because he had to, not because he wanted to. Some of you are like, wait, what? Jesus wanted them to do it. This was the expectation. A lot of times when we come to God, we're asking him to do things for us that he actually wants us to do and to have faith for. Jesus wanted the disciples to live in such an outlandish way that they were casting out the demons, that they had full faith and belief in God. That's what this whole series has been about. As you go, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, cast out the demons, raise the dead, freely give. Because the expectation is that we are called to do this stuff. Jesus, after the resurrection, goes, guys, it's not good for me to stay. I got to leave. Part of that is because he knew that unless he left, the Holy Spirit couldn't come. But why does the Holy Spirit come? The Holy Spirit comes to empower us to do what? To do the stuff. To do the things that he wants us to do. And I feel that as the church in America, we have so looked to the person behind the pulpit to do the stuff and to do the ministry, and we haven't taken on the personal mandate from God to do this, to walk in this. And you know why we're not? Because back to that last slide, we lack the trust. We have little faith. I believe so much so in my heart that we're entering a season as a church where the move of God that we, are all, that we all have been praying for, the revival and the awakening and all the stuff, is not going to come by us getting more talented people together on stage, by us building bigger buildings and venues, by us hiring more professionals. I believe the move of God that we so long for and that we pray for, call it revival, call it awakening, call it whatever you want, is going to come when you grab a hold of this for yourself. When you wake up in the morning and you go, okay, God, who are we going to heal today? Okay, God, what dead are we going to bring life to today? Okay, God, who are we going to cleanse? Who are we going to bring from outside the camp back into the family of God? Okay, God, who are we going to give? How are we going to steward the resources you've trusted us with? If we live, imagine with me, if the church, not the Sean Foyts, not the Stephen Furtick's, not the Rick Warrens, not the Brian Houston's, not the Bill Johnson's, but when the church, the people of God, simple followers of Jesus like them, grabbed a hold of this and walked in this and lived in this reality and leaned into it fully, could you imagine what would happen? Could you imagine? That's the hope that I have. That's what I'm leaning into. That's 
what I'm inviting you to lean into. That's what I'm inviting you to pray into, to be a part of. Because I believe this. I believe that the mandate isn't just, just to get people to come to church. No, I believe the mandate is to take the kingdom of God to where they are. And you guys get the opportunity to do that each and every day, just like I do. Whether you're at your job, whether you're at the coffee shop, whether you're shopping, whether you're visiting a friend, whether you're answering a call, whether you're visiting someone in the hospital, whether you're giving to someone in need, whether you're, you're responding to a crazy word from the Lord, whatever that is, God gives you the opportunity each and every day to live this out in such a way that we get to see the kingdom of heaven here on earth. So I want to ask you this question. How's your faith? How's your faith today? Jesus said, oh, faithless and twisted generation, how long am I to be with you? I don't believe that that is our mandate, to be a faithless and twisted generation. Oh God, let it not be said of our generation. Let it not be said of our church. Let it not be said of us. You see, Jesus essentially says, I want you to step out of the way. I'm going to take care of this. But that wasn't what he wanted. He wanted us to do it. So my question is, do you trust that Jesus wants you to do this stuff? Do you trust that he'll do what he said he'll do and in through his word? Do you trust that God will back up his word if you step out in faith? I believe this. What seems impossible doesn't have to remain impossible because with God, all things are possible. Matthew 19, verse 26 says it this way. But Jesus looked at them and he said, with man, things are limited. With man, things seem impossible. But with God, all things are possible. I want us to move into the realm of living like this, church. Because when we begin to believe like this, when we begin to live like this, we'll serve like this, we'll give like this, we'll love like this. And right now we are surrounded by people that are scared and afraid. They're terrified of another pandemic. They're terrified of the next variant. They're terrified of what could possibly go wrong. And they need hope. They need faith. They need someone to come along and say, I got this. You know why? Because I serve the God for whom all things are possible. So no matter what you face, no matter what the doctor is telling you, no matter how much money is in your bank account or the lack thereof, things don't have to remain impossible for you. When we stepped out to plant this church, it seemed impossible to Candace and I. We didn't know anybody. We didn't have any money to do it but we stepped out in faith because we truly believe that with God, all things are possible. And we've seen the miraculous happen. We've seen miracles. We've seen healing. It's happened here among some of you. Some of you are walking, breathing miracles. Truth be told, if Jesus has regenerated your heart and you were once lost and now found, you are a walking, breathing miracle. Amen? So we are of this persuasion that our inheritance in this valley is impossibility. Sometimes you got to say it before you believe it. I'm saying it before I believe it. Because like you, I, I face the, the, the restraints, 
right? I, I face the limitations. I face the weaknesses. I, I face all the fears. I face all the same stuff, guys. But I'm reminded in God's word that we serve a God for whom all things are possible. Jonathan and Elizabeth, when you go to Alabama, know that all things are possible. There's nothing that God has said no to. He's entrusted you guys with this. He wants you to walk in impossibility, in the realm of impossibility. People are going to look at your life a little differently when they start to notice the, the sick being healed. They're going to start to look at your life a little differently when they notice the dead being raised, when they notice lepers and socially outcast people finding a home and finding love and finding care. When they start seeing the way that you give and the way that you serve, they're going to look at your life a little differently. And I wonder if I'm talking to anybody tonight that has just felt like their back's been up against a wall and that they've been facing an impossible situation. Some of you that have come in and out of recovery, some of you that have surgeries coming up, some of you that have decisions to make and situations that you're facing that seem difficult, if not impossible, I'm here to tell you tonight that with God, all things are possible. Sam and Levi, you guys have a dream. You have an entrepreneurial dream to have your own business and to have your own, to do all those things that we've talked about. God is saying to you tonight with man, it might seem impossible, but with God, all things are possible. God wants us to be people of impossibility. I believe that in my heart of hearts. And you know what's going to be amazing about it? God's going to get all the credit for it. People are going to look at our story and they're going to go wild, weird. How the heck did that happen? <laughs> and our, our heartbeat is to invite you into that. It's for you to experience this in your own life and in your own walk with God. The question I want us to wrestle with is this. Do you or do I really believe that all things are possible? Do you believe that with your finances? Do you believe that with your health? Do you believe that with your relationships? Do you believe that with your family? Do you believe that with your calling or your career or your purpose? Jesus says this to his disciples about their faith in verse 20. For truly I say to you, if you have faith, like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move, get out of the way. And nothing will be impossible for you. He says, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed. Do you guys know that a mustard seed is one of the tiniest seeds and one of the, considered one of the most insignificant seeds in all of the Middle East? A fast-growing mustard seed can take an annual herb, right? It's, a, it's essentially an herb. And it can grow up to 10 feet tall in just a few short months. It took me 20 years to get to 5'11". And a mustard seed in just a couple months can get 10 feet tall. That would be about to where the rafters are. That's extraordinary. That's extraordinary to me. It demonstrates the striking example of the potential of what starts off small and what seems to be insignificant in your life. Meaning, don't discredit your faith. Don't discredit the small beginnings of it. Don't discredit the dream that you have in your heart. Don't discredit yourself because you feel limited, because you feel small and insignificant. No, 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 my friends. With God, all things are possible. 
with God, Jesus says, if you have faith just like a grain of mustard, you can look at an impossible situation, let's call it a mountain, and you can say, move, get out of the way, because nothing will be impossible for you. Jesus, help us to live with the expectation and the hunger to see the impossible things come true. God, help us to know that with you, nothing is impossible. Lord, we want to walk in that realm. I don't know about you guys, but that's what I want. For nothing to be impossible for me. With God, all things are possible. And it's the same with our faith. If we're willing to radically trust God with our lives, I believe we're going to see amazing things happen. I believe that, and I'm still believing that. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy. He didn't say it wasn't going to be easy. He just said it wasn't going to be impossible. A lot of times what happens is we face difficult situations and we're like, I thought this was supposed to be easy. No, no, Jesus never said you're going you're to face an easy mountain. He just said it's not going to be an impossible one. Don't confuse the two. There's a huge difference. A lot of what God calls us to contend with and to battle through and to struggle with, he does so so that it'll stretch us, so it'll stretch our faith and enlarge us and give us character because we know, right? You've read your Bible. Character, perseverance leads to character. And as you endure, you become the kind of person that can be entrusted with more. And so don't mistake difficult situations for impossible situations. What you and I are called to do in this valley is gonna be hard. If you have signed up to be a part of Courageous Church, what we're asking of you and where we're going to go is going to be difficult, but it's not going to be impossible. I want you to catch the difference tonight. What God wants to do in and through us is going to seem to some to be too difficult. But I'm here to tell you tonight, it's not going to be impossible. With God, all things are possible. I know I'm kind of banging this drum right now but I feel like I've got to push through some just atmospheric resistance that I feel toward, toward what God is wanting to enlarge in us. Faith is like a seed. When you plant your seed, you don't then go and dig it up and play with it and worry about it and get all anxious. But isn't that kind of what we do? We give God our prayer on Monday night and then the next day we're like running around frantic. Some of you, you're digging up your seed and you're playing with it and you're, you're not trusting God to work in and through the soil. We sing that song, Waymaker. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. Do we believe that? If you're planting your faith like a seed, you do. Because you know that God's working in it. You know that there's a time for it. There's a season for it. You know that your trust is in what God can do with your seed. And in the same way, it's the same way with our faith. Even when we don't see God working, we stand in faith. Even when we don't feel him at work in our lives, we stand in faith. Even when we haven't seen the results or the breakthrough or the healing or the cleansing or the dead being raised, we stand in faith. Because that's what God has called us to do, to trust him, to trust him with your faith. So I want to ask us one more time tonight, how's your faith? How's your faith? How's your faith, Matt? What mountains are you ready to speak to in your life? If your faith and your trust is in Jesus, as I'm sure it is, 
then I want to ask you, what mountains are you speaking to? One of my daily practices is that I get out of my truck and I drive around the city and I speak to mountains. I speak to religious mountains. I speak to cultural mountains. I speak to economic mountains. I speak to physical mountains. Shoot, I cover it all. And we lift you up and we pray over the mountains that are in your life. But I'm telling you guys, the breakthrough that's going to come is not because Pastor Jason and Candace laid hands on you. We will and we'll believe for that. But I believe the real breakthrough is going to come when you guys begin to speak to the mountains in your life. Can I encourage you to speak to mountains? What does that mean? What are the impossible situations? What are the difficulties? What seems like the most unlikely thing to happen? What, what's, that, what's that dream in your heart that you're believing God for? Speak to it. Speak. Open up your mouth and prophesy life over it. You'll be amazed. You'll be amazed. You see, long before we, we moved here, we began to speak into this. Candace and I, we, just, we used to take trips out here and just speak over the land and speak over your life, speak over families, and speak over the generations to come. Because we believe that what God has started with us is intended to have a generational impact, meaning it's intended to go beyond us. And if you're a part of this church, we're inviting you into that. Thank you for listening today. If you were blessed and you want to be a part of what God is doing through Courageous Church, including ways that you can give, visit us online at courageouschurch.com.